0: 710. Now, let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback here with one of my all-time favorite guests, tax strategist, rich dad accountant, Tom Wheelwright, an all-around you know genius on all things tax. Maybe one of the smartest guys we have on taxes uh, every year. I always look forward to having you on. But Tom, for those who have not Read your uh, latest book, your best selling author. Talk about your background and what brought you into the field of accounting.
2: Yeah, happy to. So, I'll tell you, I I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, and uh, spent the first uh, couple of years out of uh, high school as a Mormon missionary getting rejected in French in Paris. And then I spent a couple of years at the University of Utah to do my undergraduate accounting and another couple of years at the University of Texas to do my graduate and tax work. I spent seven years with uh, um, Ernst & Young, including three years in their national tax department in Washington, DC. Uh, 14 years as an adjunct professor at Arizona State University. Four years as the in-house tax advisor for a Fortune 1000 company. 25 years buying, building, selling CPA firms. Uh, in the last 15 years, spent a lot of time traveling the world with Robert Kiyosaki uh, talking about taxes and tax incentives around the world. And, uh, and then now I run a company that has a network of CPAs around the U.S. and in Canada so that we can um, basically serve more people. So that's me in a nutshell. So how did you get involved with
1: Robert Kiyosaki and how long have you been with him?
2: So that's a that's actually a pretty funny story. Um, I met Robert in 2001. I had recently broken up with a partner. Uh, When I did, my partner took about um, 40% of the clients, and all of the staff stayed with me. And uh, rather than fire the staff because staff are expensive, they're hard to train, um, I decided to buy an accounting practice. And the accounting practice I bought happened to have Robert Kiyosaki as a client. And so I like to tell people I actually bought Robert Kiyosaki, but um, the, the, the reality is he was a client of the CPA firm that I acquired.
1: Wow, fantastic. Arguably one of the smartest CPAs in the world. Answer any tax question you have. And folks, for those of you who schedule your no obligation, seven ways to save on taxes review, We'll give you the book, The Win-Win Wealth Strategy for free. Call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. Again, The Win-Win Wealth Strategy book available on Amazon uh, for purchase, or you could call us now, 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages.
0: Tune in to the financial quarterback, Josh Chelinsky this weekend, and learn how to protect your financial future in a down economy. Josh and his team at the Jelinski Advisory Group can help you lower your taxes and lower your risk in these uncertain times with a 27 point checklist designed to improve your financial health. Whether you're worried about runaway prices, fear of an upcoming recession, or a stock market meltdown, tune in to the financial quarterback and count on Josh Jelinski to call the play. For a free copy of Josh's book, The Retirement Reality Check, call 888 988 5674. That's 888 888- 89885674 or visit that's j a l i n s k i.org so let's go to the meat of this let's go into the seven
1: strategies so i think is it broadly business technology energy real estate insurance agriculture and retirement accounts are those
2: broadly the seven there you go those are broadly the seven you got it
1: there we go so how can we tax effectively invest in our businesses? Let's talk about that, number one. Well,
2: let's let us start with that. Uh, business um, is the first one I cover. And the reason I cover it first and I cover it lo- most in depth is that it's really the foundation for several of the others. Um, you know, the government, Throughout the world, governments incentivize business very, very heavily through tax laws. Uh, starting by any money you put it back into your business, any money you earn in your business that you put back in your business, you're not taxed on. A hundred percent of the money you earn in your business that you put back into your business to build your business, you're not taxed on that money. On top of that, uh, you could start a business in your home. Now, I actually run this, these numbers uh, in the book. You could start a business in your home and literally the tax savings from starting that business could be greater than the cost of starting that business. So literally, the government will pay you to start a business. And I I run through those numbers. The reason is very simple. It's that you have a lot of expenses that you're not deducting. So you're not getting any tax benefit for. And when you start a business in your home, you start getting... To deduct those things like your car, like your house, like your 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 uh, utilities, like your like your internet. I mean, you get to start deducting things you never were able to deduct before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, most people know this because they know that if they were an employee for the last two and a half years and worked from home, they got no tax benefit for doing that. But if they had a business and worked from home, from home, they got to deduct their home office. So, it's it's really been made obvious through the pandemic. And uh, this book just kind of illustrates, just highlights that the government uh, cares so much about people starting business that they literally will pay you to start your business. And you actually don't have to come out of pocket at all. So what are
1: some of those business expenses that you can write off if you're newly starting? You mentioned, I guess, energy, cell phone bill, internet bill. What are some other ones?
2: Yeah. So uh, your car. Okay, Um, a a portion of the cost of your house, a portion of the maintenance of your house. Um, uh, Depending on what you do in your business, you might even be able to get some of your yard maintenance. Um, Depending on what you do, you might get some of your storage. Okay, you might you might need to store product in your house, and you might have a place where you store it. You'd be able to take deduction for that. Um, certainly, any of the furniture or equipment that you use, you get a deduction for that. So, you buy a computer for the business, you get a dedu- you get to deduct the computer. You buy furniture for the business, you get to deduct the furniture. So, pr- it's pretty much um, you know everything you buy for the business is deductible. Plus. A portion of your house, your home expenses, and a portion of your car expenses are also deductible when you have that business.
1: Fantastic. Next, let's go to technology. What are the tax breaks for technology?
2: Yeah, so this is this is a large, a, a, a big reason why uh, Tesla and Amazon, because they're they're the ones best known, have not. Paid a lot of tax is that um, not only do they get to deduct all the money they put in technology, but they also get a tax credit. Now, tax credits different from a deduction. Um, it's better because a tax credit is a dollar for dollar. So, if you get a hundred dollar tax credit, you get a you actually reduce your taxes by hundred dollars. If you get a hundred dollar tax deduction, you reduce your taxes by whatever your percentage is that you would owe on that $100. So if you're in a 30% tax bracket, you get $30. So a credit is always better than a deduction. And um, with with research and development in the US, we we give tax benefits by both allowing deduction and giving a credit. In some countries like Singapore, uh, they give a super deduction up to 400% of the cost of the technology. Wow. In South Africa, it's 150% of the cost of technology gets deducted. So if you put $100 into technolo- into your um, um, research and development, you get a deduction for $150. So that, that seems odd to us because we don't have deductions like that, um, but they do in a lot of countries. So um, research and development tax credits, research and development deductions, um, there are, uh, some countries like um, France historically has given a tax credit uh, when you hire a PhD uh, that's in your technology department. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're different in every country and we do charts and tables for them. Um, but in the U.S., it's largely the research development tax credit and the uh, research development tax deduction.
1: So walk me through that. So somebody, uh, I don't know, a business makes some money. They spend a hundred thousand on developing. I don't know a new app or a new software or, or sure. what. What would? Or a new system. Or a new right. system. Would apps count or no?
2: Yeah, apps. They they could count if they actually are um, in the nature of computer software. They would absolutely count. Um, uh, not everything does. So you you know you do have to have a team. Uh, you know a team of advisors that you work with, but. Um, But let's say you you do spend $100,000, then you you get to deduct the $100,000. And on top of that, you get about a $7,000 tax credit. So uh, you you deduct and get a credit.
1: So um, what's the 7,000 credit? Is it just a flat dollar amount or is it a percentage? That's a
2: research and development tax credit, and it's a percentage. Um, Typically, it ends up about 7%. It's a credit. Against uh, the, um, a credit that's a percentage of the money you spent on developing the technology, and I'm sure people- includes. By the way, developing the technology includes it includes salaries, it includes it, it includes uh, it, it it can include te- um, you know equipment. I mean, it, it does actually include all of the costs that go into that technology development. And walk
1: through um, people maybe you know think they're dumb but uh, it's an important distinction to make. What's the difference between a deduction and a credit? You talked about that a little bit, but Yeah,
2: just to... so again, a deduction um, is not as valuable as a credit. A credit is dollar for dollar. If you get a dollar credit, you get a dollar in your pocket. A deduction just means you reduce the amount of taxable income, uh, the amount of income you pay tax on. So instead of, if you got a $100 deduction, um, you made $200, you got a $100 deduction. Instead of paying tax on $200, you would pay tax on hundred dollars because you get to deduct, you get to deduct or subtract out that hundred dollar deduction, and so you know it depends on your tax rate. How beneficial a deduction is depends on how high your tax rate is. The higher your tax rate, the bigger the, the the bigger the tax benefit to you. The lower the tax rate, the less the tax benefit. As opposed to a credit that you, whether you're in a low tax bracket or a high tax bracket, you get the same amount of money back.
1: Any other technology credits or deductions we need to be aware of?
2: Uh, there's, there's a ton of very specific ones. Okay. So, um, and that's, this is why, you know, you go in and actually read the book because, uh, there's a lot more I can put into a book than I can, than I can put into a show. And, um, and so we list out the requirements we list out, okay, here's, here's what's required in, um, you know, to get that tax benefit, to get that credit and that deduction, and uh, here's you know here's some of the different opportunities you have. So, um, uh, the 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 big the most obvious one is the research and development tax credit. By the way, it's not just the federal credit. So, like Arizona has a twenty percent credit. So, on top of the six percent credit you get with the federal government, you get a twenty percent credit with Arizona. A lot of states have uh, research and development tax credits. So, uh, don't forget that part of it.
1: Oh, fantastic. Next up, energy. What are the tax breaks about energy that we need to be Energy's aware of? is
2: huge. Energy's huge. So um, consider that um, uh, it, it doesn't matter whether it's fossil fuel energy or if it's renewable energy. There are tax benefits for both. Uh, there have been tax benefits for t- fossil fuel energy back uh, since the uh, since the seventies. Okay, that was one of the early big tax benefits because there was such a need to produce and generate more um, oil and gas, and so the the, the tax law basically allows you to deduct 100 percent of your investment. That's that's a, that's the biggest de- tax benefit for fossil fuel. Is if I put a hundred thousand dollars into drilling an oil well, I get to deduct a hundred thousand dollars. So that that means that if I took if I earned $100,000 in my job, and I took that $100,000 and put it into an oil well, I would not have to pay tax on the $100,000 that I earned from my job because I get an offsetting deduction by investing it into oil. Now, some people are going to say, "Well, I don't like that. I mean, I don't, I don't like that you get a tax benefit for oil." Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you that I'm choosing that one's better than the other. and telling you, you know, if you don't like investing in oil, don't invest in oil, invest in solar. Okay, so solar's even better, by the way, than fossil fuel. Uh, this year, if I put solar on my house, I get a 26% credit. So if I put $50,000 of solar panels on my house, I get a $13,000 reduction in my tax bill. Hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. What's really fun, Josh, is when you combine several of these strategies and that's when it gets fun. So if I have a business, so like I've got a, I've got several businesses and I run them out of a, a business, uh, a building, an office building in Tempe, Arizona. And I'm putting solar on that building. Uh, and that solar will because it reduces my energy costs, will basically save me about uh, $7,000 a year. That's that's what we've calculated out. It's going to save me about $7,000 a year. The kicker is, so you go, well, that's a 7% um, return investment. That's not bad. Yeah, but here's the kicker. I get a $26,000 tax credit and an $87,000 tax deduction. So I'm basically only paying about $35,000 Which means that instead of a 7% return on investment, it's really more like a 20% return on investment because I'm not paying for most of the cost the government's paying for most of the cost. So this is where the government's paying for my investment, right? The government is paying me to invest in solar. And so there, I get this, I get the 7%, even though I only put in a third of the cost. Now, does the government get money out of that? Of course, because I would normally deduct the utilities that I pay against my rental income. I would deduct the utilities I pay or against my business income. Well, now I'm not going to have those utilities. And so now I pay more tax on my business income or I pay more tax on my rental income. So the government does get a return on that investment. And it's a it's a pretty decent return. The taxpayer just gets a really good return because the government's putting in uh, basically two-thirds of the cost, but they're only getting back you know, 40%, um, you know, of the of the revenue because, you know, the ta- highest tax rate is 40%. So uh, it, it's actually a better deal for the taxpayer than say fossil fuel where it's, you know, the government puts in 40%, gets out
1: 40%. Now that's fantastic. Uh, what other energy uh, credits oh, are there there's or deductions? All,
2: there's all sorts of energy credits. Josh, you can get energy credits for putting in new windows in your house, right? That are energy efficient. There are, um, there are, there are energy credits. There, there are credits for biodiesel fuel. There, there are credits for hydrogen fuel. There are credits for um, wind, for um, uh, for uh, hydroelectric energy. I mean, there's all sorts of tax benefits in there. You, you know, this is, you have to understand what they are. You sit down with your tax advisor, you say, okay. I, I I'd really like to invest in renewable energy. Um, let's find out what's best for me. I mean, if you're in Arizona, solar makes all the sense in the world, and hydroelectric not so much, right? But if you're in Seattle, Washington, um, hydroelectric or wind might make sense. Solar doesn't at all because it's never sunny, right? So you, you really have you get to choose which one you you want to use. And that's, you know, that's the whole point of the book is to give you some choices in how to invest and reduce your taxes.
1: Fantastic. And that's why you should get the book, folks, the win-win wealth strategy. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, Do you prefer people buy your book on Amazon or on your website?
2: You know what? the the Amazon is great. We're happy to have them uh, buy it on Amazon.
1: Okay, great. I always hated when my book was on Amazon because you don't know. That'd be my tip. You don't ever know the data. Amazon doesn't share you the data, or at least if they bought it on your website. That's true. You know. However,
2: if, if you it, it, it does count towards bestseller lists where buying on my website doesn't.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So hopefully this will be a bestseller, folks. It's the best book on accounting and tax in, in the last year, a uh, few years, at least since your last book. So it's called the win-win wealth strategy. Very tactical. Seven investments that the government will pay to make. Go to Amazon, buy it, or I'll give it to you for free if you call us for the seven ways to save tax review. Call us, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. 88-988-JOSH.
0: Tune in to the financial quarterback Josh Jolinsky of the Jolinsky Advisory Group this weekend and learn how to protect your financial future during these turbulent times. Looking to lower your taxes or need help securing your financial future? Then Josh and his team are the people for you. They're experts in financial economics with one mission in mind: to protect you and your investments. From their 27-point checklist to their one-of-a-kind financial quarterback approach, they help you achieve financial health and guide you through the hard times of high inflation, looming recessions and stock market meltdown. For financial security, call them now 888-988-5674 and get your free copy of Josh's book The Retirement Reality Check.
1: So we talked about business, we talked about tech, we're talking about energy. Anything on energy before we go to our next tip.
2: No, let's, let, let let's keep going. I energy just is really one of the most interesting ones right now. I do remember that uh, the tax credit goes down next year and then after next year, it goes away. So we do have to be, um, we have to be on this right now. The problem I have with the
1: energy, this is just, uh, I find that that's a great tip, but like, who do you buy solar from? You always... And you know, there's different mm-hmm. ways. Then people pay you, and then it's free solar, and oh, then you yeah, lease. You have to
2: find you, you. know what? You've got to find a really good provider, and there are good ones out there. I mean, you know, solar is a huge industry now. I spoke at, at their. Um, I actually spoke at the solar industry conference oh, wow. up in Utah um, earlier this year, and uh, it's a it's a huge. It's a, it's a, it's a really really big um, industry right now. And you do have to be careful. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I've got um, I've got solar um, here at my house, and uh, I had a battery go out. It's uh, we're still waiting on a replacement. So you, you do have to. It's not just the company you buy it from, but you know what? Who are their suppliers? You know, we got supply chain interruptions. So, uh, and you do need to get it get it you know put into place because otherwise you're going to lose these credits.
1: Do you like one better than another or not really just your homework?
2: I, You know, you know what? I like reputable companies. I like companies that uh, have good service. And, you know, the one I use here is a local company and uh, they're using Panasonic equipment. And, uh, you know, um, that Panasonic's a good company. Panasonic builds for Tesla. So not bad.
1: Yeah. Um, next, we're going to go to real estate. So that that's a big one. So let's, uh, and that's, I guess, where you, where you became first famous in the tax world on. So let's talk about real estate investing.
2: Yeah. So real estate's one of those, uh, there's a lot of magic in real estate. Um, you know, I list out eight, uh, tax benefits in the book. Uh, let me go through just a few of them here. Um, and remember we're not, yes, there are tax benefits for buying real estate for yourself, um, there's, by the way, no tax benefit for renting your home, you know, for be, for being a renter, renters don't get tax benefits, owners do. Uh, that's a, that's a very important distinction that people don't really always recognize. Um, you know, people will buy a house and say, I'm buying this house because I need the tax deduction. I'm going, well, don't buy a house cause you need tax deduction. That doesn't make any sense. Um, buy a house cause you want a house and then take the tax deduction to offset some of the cost of the mortgage. Um. But buying a house for somebody else is a lot better because when you if you buy a house for yourself, you get a tax deduction for interest and maybe for some of the taxes. But if you buy a house that you rent out to somebody else, either on a long-term rental, say a monthly rental or Airbnb, um, not only do you get those deductions, but you also get a deduction called depreciation, which is the wear and tear on the property. And that deduction right now is um, this year is as much as twenty to thirty percent upfront of the cost of the property. So you put it, you put a hundred thousand dollars. You go buy a hundred thousand dollar house, which you I know you can't do where you are, Josh, but you can do in the Midwest. Um, you get a say a twenty thousand dollar deduction the day you buy it. Wow. Now, now you need to go to number two, which is the second biggest incentive which is debt. Debt is highly incentivized by the government. In other words, they want you to borrow money. And the reason they want you to borrow money is because money is debt. That's money. Every time the bank lends money, uh, every time the bank creates a mortgage, they put new money into the economy. They want that money into the economy to help the economy grow. So the, so debt magnifies your tax deduction for real estate called depreciation. And so let's take that same 100000 and instead of buying $100,000 of property debt-free, go borrow $400,000 from the bank and buy $500,000 of property. Now, instead of a $20,000 deduction, you get to multiply that by five and take a $100,000 deduction. Again, just like fossil fuel, <laughs> if you make $100,000 in your job, and you turn around and put that into real estate, along with the bank's $400,000, uh, you don't have to pay tax on that $100,000 that you made at your job. So real estate, um, right now, this is the last year we get that hundred the, that big deduction. Next year, it goes down by 20%. And it's, a, it's just a huge tax benefit when you combine it with debt. Um, the third big tax benefit, Josh, is that you can sell real estate without paying tax. And there are very few assets you can sell without paying tax. Um, real estate and business are actually the two big ones that you can sell without paying tax. And so, you know, when you consider I get a tax deduction when I buy it, okay, um, my tenants are paying off my debt and I get—I don't pay tax when I sell it, that's a pretty sweet deal. So um, basically, and you wanna pay less and less tax, buy more and more real estate for other people to live in. We're, um, I heard today a statistic, we're still short 1.8 million units of workforce housing. So there, we're still, we still have way more demand than we have supply. And inflation is uh, running higher than debt or one of the few times in history. And when that happens, a hard asset like real estate can be a a really a terrific um, way to build wealth, help other people by providing housing um, and do what the government wants you to do and and, uh, pay less tax.
1: Wow, so we're talking now to Tom Wheelwright, CPA, author of the Win-Win Wealth Strategy, which is our free giveaway, if you call us at 888-988-JOSH and schedule your seven ways to save taxes review, the book is called The Win-Win Wealth Strategy, Seven Investments the Government Will Pay You to Make. We talked about business, technology, energy. Now we're talking about real estate. Uh, what else do we need to know about real estate tax investing?
2: Uh, well, first of all, uh, you know, re- most countries incentivize real estate. That's, 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 that's something that surprised me. I didn't realize... Uh, when I started writing the book, how many countries incentivized real estate? And the the incentives are actually pretty significant in all 15 of the countries we looked at. Um, So it doesn't matter if you're in the US, if you're in Canada, if you're in the UK, um, you're in France, Germany, doesn't matter. You're you're, you're gonna get some tax benefits. Again, you, you need to make sure that you don't do this on your own. You wanna have a tax advisor, right? You wanna make sure that you've got a team around you uh, business, investing, their team sport. So this is why, you know, why, uh, Josh, we're, you know, we're talking all the time because, uh, you you know, you're the, you're financial quarterback. You're part of that team, right? So very important to have team members, whether it's tax advisors, financial planners on your team. And th- don't try doing this by yourself. Um, but remember that uh, anybody can do it. So you don't have to be investing $100,000. You can invest $10,000. Uh, there's no limit. There's no bottom limit on how much you can invest and get tax benefits. It's just really in about the number of zeros. And so, um, you know, people who are in a 30% tax bracket can also pay less tax. You don't have to be in a 40% bracket. You could be in a 20% bracket and pay less tax. Uh, we have people who are paying no tax. And they're not paying no tax legally, just because they're doing a lot of good in the world. They're building a lot of housing. They're uh, drilling a lot of oil, or they're uh, doing a lot of solar. They're they're doing uh, they're creating a lot of jobs. They're they're um, you know, they're they're growing a lot of food. You know, whatever it is they're doing, they're doing a lot of it, and so they end up paying very little tax.
1: Fantastic. So before we go to our next one, which is insurance, anything else on real estate?
2: Yeah, I, I would just, just know that. Um, well, one last thing I would say is that, remember in real estate, you also get all the business tax incentives. So real estate's a business. So you get the business incentives, you get real estate. And think about this, if you put solar on your real estate, you also get the energy incentives. So you can actually, real estate, you can combine three incentives plus add debt, and it can be a pretty... Uh, it, it's really a super investment.
1: Fantastic. Next, we're going to go to insurance. You know, all of a sudden, I don't know if you noticed this on, I'm watching your TikToks and all of a sudden insurance, I, I don't know, do you go on your TikTok or do you have somebody else do that?
2: Um, that, that, That's a well, bit I'm the one who actually produces it, but uh, you know, I, I don't watch my well, stuff.
1: Well, you're becoming famous on TikTok, but All over TikTok is you on tax saving strategies, but also insurance. Insurance has become popular all of a sudden. Infinite banking. All all these people are using basically boring old life insurance is now hot again, and you talk about that in your book. So talk about the tax saving strategies of real estate of. I did, insurance. You know,
2: it's, um, you know, the, the first five I talk about, um, really are all things that are business. That, they're kind of types, business type investments, including agriculture. That's a business. Um, and, and, and they're really things that we do for other people. The last two are things we do for ourselves, They're insurance, or we do for our families, They're insurance and, um, and retirement planning. So insurance, uh, the government in the US has long favored the insurance industry. They 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 really have. It I don't I don't know that there's ever been a case of whole life of a of a of a life insurance company going out of business and then the policies weren't automatically picked up by another insurance company. I mean, they the, the government always makes sure. That if an insurance company goes out of business, another insurance company takes over those policies. They don't want the insurance industry collapsing. What uh, I learned several years ago, Josh, is that, you you know, I always think of two types of life insurance, right? There's term and there's whole life or universal life, which is permanent insurance. What I'd never realized until um, a few years ago, never really occurred to me is that the real difference is, is that term insurance is an expense and whole life or universal life is an asset. And so the question is, do I want a small expense, or do I want an asset? Now it's a it's not a sexy asset, you know. It's not it's not going to make you, you know, twenty percent returns. Um, it'll make you a, you know. It's got that good, consistent, safe return, and it's an untaxable return. So you know, if it, if it's making four percent, that's four percent non-taxable, which is equivalent to something more like five or six percent that would be taxable. So it's it's still a decent. Yeah, it's it's a pretty decent return. Um, you 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 find, but what's better is is that it's never taxed. So the life insurance, when it gets paid out, is not subject to income tax. And uh, and and whole life, one of the benefits of that, of course, is that you can always, hundred percent of the time, use it as collateral for a loan. So if you and and debt's not taxable, right? Let's go back to the real estate chapter. Debt's not taxable. So if I borrow um, from the insurance company using my Whole life insurance is collateral. I don't have to pay tax on that debt. Okay. And on top of that, if I use that money that I borrow to invest in real estate, I get the deduction for investing in real estate. I get to deduct my interest I pay to my insurance company, and my life insurance is still growing in value. So there's all sorts of things you can do with insurance. Um, But most importantly is to realize that, um, you know, to start out with, there's no tax on it when it's received by your. Heirs when you die. It's it's uh it's one of the few things that just is never taxed.
1: Yeah, it's it's really fantastic, and there are long term care benefits, disability sure. waiver of pre- One of the best things about whole life, even more so than universal, is especially if if you get an athlete or somebody makes a lot of money and they're younger, they have something called waiver of premium in the event of disability. So we have some people they put in you know seven hundred grand a year in their life insurances, they get disabled. The insurance company is paying their premium. Wow. Your 401k doesn't do that. So it's self-completing. If you get disabled or um, some type of, uh, if you get paralyzed or you need an in-home nurse or you can't bathe yourself or dress yourself or so many people worry about cancer, you you can use that money and really get an advance on the death benefit while you're alive via what's called an accelerated benefit rider. It's really one of, you know, like you said, it's a modest gain. You know, some people act like, I'm seeing these videos, like like you're making double digit returns. No, you may make double digits in one year because the interest rate is higher or the cap is higher, but generally, you know, like you said, 4% is probably the IRR. On most policies, IR meaning internal rate of return, but in a ta- high tax state like California, New Jersey, New York, that's like equivalent to making almost seven percent in a guaranteed vehicle. Where are you getting that? So
2: yeah, so I mean you can compare it to a municipal bond. Um, I, I I mean I would rather have the insurance because in a municipal bond all I have is the bond, right? But in, in the insurance I get the insurance on top of having the value, the cash surrender value.
1: Exactly. we're going to go to some questions from the audience next, folks. So give us a call, 888 josh if you want the free book. The book is called The Win-Win Wealth Strategy, Seven Investments the Government Will Pay You to Make. You don't want to do this alone. So I'll have, uh, if, if you want to talk to Tom's people, they do some great work at Wealthability with taxes. I know probably more about this stuff than any advisor that I know, financial advisor in the country. And I even had to hire wealth ability people because you can know a lot, but you really need a good team. You need a good financial advisor. You need a good tax professional. You need a good wealth strategy. You need a good tax strategist, too. It, sometimes, by the way, your CPA is good at doing taxes, but they're not good at strategizing. And that's what your people are good at, Tom. So, folks, if you want that, we'll do a two-for-one special, three-for-one. We'll give you the book, The Win-Win Wealth Strategy. We'll give you the seven ways the government will pay to make investments review. And I'll get Tom to have one of his people, Wealth Ability talk to you for free, for a free consult, see if you're a good fit. Is that okay, Tom? We'll do it. I'll Let's pull your it. arm, eight and eight, nine and eight, it. Josh. So, um, and I'm always learning when, when I'm hearing you, I, I, I have a, I have my questions later, but we'll go to the phone lines yeah. next. 888 josh 888 josh we'll be back. 888 5674
0: Maybe it seems like prices can't get much higher or that the stock market is headed for bear territory, or maybe you're worried about another great recession. Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, can help you protect your family's financial future in times like these. Tune in this weekend to the Financial Quarterback to hear how Josh and his team can help you decrease your tax liability and lower your risk. Call 888-988-5674 to take advantage of Josh's 27-point plan to achieve financial health. And when you call, you'll receive a free copy of Josh's book, Retirement Reality Check. Tune in every weekend to the Financial Quarterback and call 888-988-5674 to receive your free copy of Retirement Reality Check.
1: the power company will pay you or credit your account for excess solar energy produced. Uh, uh, do, do you have a comment on that, Tom? The yeah, government will pay yeah, you for I, excess credit.
2: Um, typically, yeah, the power company will. It's not very much. Uh, you, you Really, the goal with solar is to put enough on that you're going to use it all. Because the retail price of electricity is like, Four or five times what the wholesale price is, um, so you're really not going to make a lot of money if you're selling it to the utility. But if you use, if you put enough on that you can use it all, that is, uh, got to tell you, um, when we put solar on, it reduced our utility bill in the summer by about sixty-five percent. Wow! Um, and and in Arizona, that's a big deal because our our summer utility costs one hundred fifteen here. They get they get really high. I mean, really, really high in the summer. And, we, you know, we're, I've got, you know, 5,500 square feet here. So uh, we're talking about a lot of space to cool in the summer. And I got to tell you that solar has been, I, I had no, I, frankly, when I did it, I did it in part just because I liked the idea of solar. I, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a big fan of green energy or renewable energy. Um, I just, I didn't realize just how good it would be by reducing my costs in the winter you know we don't use as much um but we still use it all so we're not we don't really sell it back um to the to the utility that's um you're just not going to make very much money on that but you can make money uh by reducing your own utility costs
1: do you use like a power wall i know tesla has manufactured no, I, I
2: i have i have two batteries i have i i have, i use two of them i have two of them so, um, absolutely. Do you use because Tesla you or use
1: Panasonic's? It? Which one?
2: Uh, mine are Panasonic's. Um, but uh, you, what you what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to either heat or cool your house at night, right? So obviously, no sun at nighttime. So otherwise, you're relying on the utility for that. It'd be really nice because we produce excess. Uh, you know, we produce excess electricity during the day. We have so much sun that uh, we store it up and then we use it at night.
1: Wow. So folks, if you have a question, let us know. Just type your question in the chat box and I'll bring you up. Uh, we're talking about insurance now as a tax break. Any other comments on insurance? Do you like yeah, using... I mean, oh, go ahead.
2: Uh, I just remember that if, if you're a business, you can deduct the cost of your property and casualty insurance, your directors and liability insurance. I mean, there, there's a lot of other insurances besides life insurance. Uh, every, you know, my, my mother taught me when I was young, she says, the two most important people in your financial life are going to be your CPA and your insurance agent. So, make sure you choose wisely. <laughs> mm. So, I became the CPA and I have a couple of great insurance agents because I do think that insurance, uh, insurance agents can make your life a lot easier.
1: No, definitely big believer in that. So, yeah, and it's something overlooked, even property and casualty mm-hmm. as 800 numbers have made them more commoditized, people have kind of forgotten the value of a good even a car and home insurance person. Yeah. You know, you get for what sure. you pay for it with insurance.
2: No no and question. I, I I my insurance agent, I've had my insurance agent same ins- agent for 30 years and uh, I I mean, if I have a problem, I just call him. I, I, don't, I don't do anything else. I, I, don't need to, I don't need to worry about anything. I just call my agent. He says, I'll take care of it.
1: No, that's fantastic. Any other comments on insurance? Some people will use like retirement plans to buy insurance. Do you like that?
2: I don't love it. Um, uh, y- you can. Um, <laughs> you know, re- retirement plans are a tax shelter and insurance is a tax shelter, and now you're using an, a tax shelter for a tax shelter, and you end up paying more tax typically. So um, there, there are lots of exotic, you know, insurance. It, it's so funny to me that insurance brokers are really creative. They are seriously some of the most creative people in the world. So, um, you know, they'll bring you exotic stuff. If you don't understand it, take it to your CPA. If your CPA doesn't understand it, don't do it, uh, honestly. Um, there's a lot of exotic stuff. Uh, there's some stuff right now that the, um, the IRS is pretty unhappy about, uh, in the insurance industry. So you do have to be a little careful, but, but plain vanilla stuff like whole life insurance, you know, or universal life, uh, that's, um, you know, that's, that's pretty easy. It's, it's a pretty, frankly, um, most people should, I mean, everybody should have some kind of insurance, but I would say most people probably should have some type of permanent insurance.
1: So, so you generally like life insurance that is funded with after-tax dollars, like a Roth.
2: Yeah, or that's just funded out of my paycheck. I mean, I don't care. Okay. You know um, that 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 doesn't matter. Um, it, it, it because what I don't want is I don't want to fund it out of my have it be in my retirement plan and then then make the life insurance taxable. That's going to make the life insurance taxable. Remember every dollar you take out of that retirement plan is taxable, no matter how you made the money sure so so why would i why would I want to turn a non-taxable asset like life insurance into a taxable asset?
1: Yeah, that didn't make much sense to me Unl- unless there was no other money, you know resources for it or something to the business owner.
2: Yeah, I, you know, and and the other thing is, people go, well, if I take money out of my retirement plan, geez, I have to pay tax on it. Well, you got to pay tax on it anyway. It's just when you pay tax on it, right? The only difference is the ten percent penalty. So, you know, people make a big deal out. Of, well, I'm going to have to pay fifty percent tax. Well, no, no, you you're, you're going to have to pay the forty percent, no matter what. It's just the question is, are you going to pay? the 10% penalty or not, or, you know, until you're going to wait until you go after 59 and a half, then you don't pay the 10% penalty. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of, uh, you know, I, you know, kind of using it for, like I said,
1: more than what it is.
2: Complicated no, ways. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do what it's meant to do.
1: So Tom, tell me, I'm watching Yellowstone, watching Kevin Costner. Have you, have you, have you enjoyed that show or no?
2: I, I, I have not watched that show. Um, but I'm familiar with the show.
1: And so I want to buy a piece of farmland in Montana. Uh, tell me how to do it. Or, or... Well,
2: so so here's, the, you know, remember that even the government recognizes that land doesn't wear out. So you're not going to get a deduction for the land itself. Um, but everything you put into that farm, you're going to get to deduct every single dollar. And, uh, and, and so... That's why farmers rarely pay tax. Ranchers rarely pay tax. It's a pretty high risk business. I mean, you know that that's a that's a very high risk business. Um, there are some things you can do. Actually, again, the more generous you are, uh, the less tax you pay. So you can actually put. Um, let's say you say, okay, I've got this ranch. I want to make sure it's never developed. I don't. I don't ever want you know, a housing project on it. You can do what's called a conservation easement. And even the IRS doesn't care. They're they're okay about this one, okay? They're not okay about the syndicated conservation easements, but they're okay about this plain vanilla conservation easement where what you're saying is we're going to put an easement, give it to a conservatory, a land conservatory, and never pay tax on it. Uh, And never, and never, and and sorry, and never develop it. And it never, ever, ever can be developed. So you're going, I just like this ranch to be a ranch forever. And ever. I had a client who did that and the tax deduction was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars because it reduced the value of the property by so much. And, um, but he just wanted it to be a ranch. He didn't want it to be anything else. He just wanted it to be a ranch and he didn't ever, he he actually wanted to make sure it was never developed. So he, he put that on there for charitable purposes and then he got a tax deduction for it. Um, but remember all the money you put into it, um, like a business, um, but even more so. So like there are, you put buildings on your ranch, those buildings are deductible. You don't, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to depreciate those over, you know, 40 years. You can deduct those really fast. Um, you know, any equipment you buy, it's going to be deductible. Uh, the, the cows you buy, deductible. Um, so, you know, the the, the, the breeding costs, deductible, the seed deductible, uh, literally everything's deductible. And then if uh, assuming you make money, then the government gets their share when you make money.
1: Fantastic. So I can do it. Now, what about, isn't there some rule though about material participation or something? So.
2: Uh, well, well, the the question is, is are you going to you know, are you going to be actively involved or are you going to have somebody else do it? So if you have somebody else do it, that makes it passive. So me, what okay.
1: about me? So what if I want to, so how many hours do I need to be involved in this?
2: Well, here's the thing. You, you really don't have to be involved in it. You just need a tax advisor that knows how to make sure that your passive losses are deductible. Um, that's really the key. So uh, y- you can, you know, if you're active in it, you're spending over hundred hours, generally. If you're spending over hundred hours a year, then it, it may be, the, it, you know, that may free up the deduction for you. If you're not spending a hundred hours a year, probably you're gonna have to deduct it against other passive types of income. Um, and, uh, you know, there are ways to create- Now, is it a hundred
1: hours or 500? What am I, why am now, I thinking the, 500 the, the, hours? The,
2: the, the really clear rule is 500 hours, but uh, the reality is the real rule is a hundred. Okay. The, 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 the You'll have CPAs tell you what's 500 hours. Um, the reality is that if you do 100 hours, you can probably get it to be deductible.
1: Oh, well. Wow. So finally, we're going to conclude this excellent interview, the Win-Win Wealth Strategy, seven investments the government will pay to make. Let's talk about retirement accounts. It's one of my favorite ones.
2: Well, let's talk about them. So, Because
1: very few re- people even know all the stuff you can do with retirement accounts. So I love that your book touches on that.
2: Yeah. So it was interesting writing the chapter because, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of government retirement, government uh, sponsored retirement accounts, but um, it turns out that you actually can do pretty well with them. Um, So if you're, if you're going to, depending on what you're investing, if you're investing in the stock market or you're investing in gold and silver, a retirement plan makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, a government re- sponsored retirement plan that I want to distinguish there. So we have what we call qualified plans and non-qualified plan. A qualified plan is something where the government says, okay, we're going to give you a deduction going in. We're going to tell you what you can invest in, uh, when you can take the money out, how much tax you pay and, uh, what you, wh- and, and we'll tell you when you have to take the money out. Okay. That's a qualified plan. That's like an IRA, 401k, pension plan, SEP. um, uh, Profit sharing plan; those are all qualified plans. Okay, they're specific in the Internal Revenue Code in the 400 sections of the Internal Revenue Code. Then you have the non-qualified plan, and in the in the chapter eight, I talk about both of them. I talk about both the qualified and the non-qualified. The qualifieds do work. Uh, the average person probably should be maximizing, at, uh, you know, maximizing their 401k because they don't want to get the education they need to do one of the other seven right? Um, But the other seven could also be retirement plans. I mean, think about it. You can use life insurance as a retirement plan. You can use real estate as a retirement plan. You can use your business. Most business owners, their retirement plan is their business. It's not their 401k. It's their business. So, you can use um, other... other investments as your retirement. And we call that a non-qualified plan. In a non-qualified plan, the government doesn't tell you how much you can put in. They they don't restrict you, you and put all the money you want. They don't don't tell you uh, what you can invest in. You can invest in anything you want. They don't tell you when you need to take the money out. Or, um, you know, they do tell you how it's taxed, but a lot of times it's not taxed at all. So, in in a non-qualified plan, a lot of times you're never taxed on it. Whereas in a qualified plan except a Roth, you're going to eventually be taxed on. But remember, a Roth, you get no deduction going in. So, I can have a non-qualified plan where I get a deduction going in and no tax coming out. And you cannot do that in a qualified plan. So, while qualified plans work, okay, and they do make sense for the average investor, they do not work as well as a qualified, as, as a non-qualified plan if they're done by a professional investors. So, you know, an average amateur investor who wants to invest in the stock market, a little gold and silver, something like that, a qualified plan makes all the sense in the world. Somebody who wants to learn how to invest in one of these others, agriculture, real estate, business, et cetera, is going to do better in a non-qualified plan. And uh, the returns are higher and the taxes, the taxes are better.
1: Fantastic way to end the interview the Win-Win Wealth Strategy, Seven Investments the Government Will Pay You to Make. want to thank you, Tom Wheelwright, for joining us. And Tom, any parting thoughts for our listeners, other than get the book, The Win-Win Wealth Strategy, today?
2: Uh, yeah, so, so my final thought is to remember that the reason that the seven investments work, and particularly the first five, is that um, really the way it works is the more good you do in the world, the less tax you pay. The more wealth you build, the less tax you pay. Um, The more income you make, the more tax you pay. But the more wealth you build and the more good you do, the less tax you pay. So you really, literally can make way more money and pay way less tax.
1: Fantastic. And folks, get the book, The Win-Win Wealth Strategy, free when you schedule your own seven ways to save taxes. Review 888 988 josh Love the book, Tom, and always love to have you on the show.